name we pray. Amen. I was in much, as I study and getting ready for Sunday, I asked the Lord for what we need at the time. And uh, I was in the doctor's office, and it was so funny. Uh, I was thinking about heaven, and, and uh, the, our doctor's little girl, uh, one of her kin people, the doctor kin people, had died, and she was telling her little daughter, uh, what is heaven like? Because she told her she went to heaven. And uh, she said, Preacher, can you, you give me some scripture? Can you help me? describe heaven and I said but I tell you the truth there's no human language can describe heaven and God used beautiful stones and jewels and things and pearls uh, that we can understand how beautiful heaven is and I thought about bringing a message on heaven but I think that today I was really moved by um, when I got saved my pastor took me under his wing and we just went visiting together. And I do know there's a difference in people coming to church, getting saved, coming to church, sitting out in the pew, and going home and coming back and just go, you know, just being a church member, than being behind the scenes and seeing what all goes on. And I know that there's a a, a weak Christian uh, that uh, they're they're not established. Uh, can't stand up under a lot of things that they that goes on in the church. Everybody thinks that everybody that comes to church is just little angels. No, they're not. We're all sinners saved by the grace of God. And uh, being a new Christian and going on my pastor visit and seeing some things and talking to people and dealing with people's problems, I was shocked uh, as a new baby Christian. But I grew in the Lord. And I got in the Bible and I would begin to study. And I want to show you something this morning about three groups of believers. Now, I'm talking about saved people. One is not, but the other group is. But I'd like for you to read with me. I'd like to read some passages of Scripture. And Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. I want to begin to read verse 20. Now, when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. Now turn over to verse 33 with me. Verse 33. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men should be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt betray me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also he said of the disciples, all the disciples. Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane, 
and says unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tell ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. And he cometh to the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch for me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went again, went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for the eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same word. Then cometh he to his disciples, says unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed unto the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doeth betray me. Now, verse 47. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude of swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Behold him, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them, which were with Jesus, stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword in his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Uh, I want to just show you something if I can. Here's three groups of people. And if, if you don't count Judas, a group of eight who sat around just on the edge, a group of three who went a little deeper into the garden with Jesus, then you find Jesus alone praying to the Father. If it be possible, let this cup fall. Uh, pass from me. Nevertheless, as I will, but as thy will. Three major differences in these three groups. They differed in position. First, you find Jesus alone in the garden. Two, the three a little nearer Jesus than the eight. Then three, the eight just on the edge of the garden. And a fourth, if you consider Jesus outside the garden, uh, gathering with the scribes and Pharisees, getting ready to betray Jesus. Now, in fact, the group of eight, the largest group, was nearer Judas and his crowd than with Jesus. Now, I'm talking about Christians. I want you to listen to me just a minute. In every church, in every, if you gather up a bunch of Christians, and you'll find the same thing in every group of Christians. You find three groups. Now, the fact of the group of eight, the largest group, near Judas. Now, notice something. They were just on the edge 
not many steps away from the world. The other group of three was a little near to where Jesus was. Then you find Jesus was alone. There was a difference in position. Then you find a difference in size. The eight, the largest group, was just on the edge of the worldly group. And worldly Christians always make up the largest size of Christians. They don't hate Jesus, and they are not openly against Him, but it wouldn't take much, and they would be now. Uh, now, that's, that is true in every church, and that is true of a lot of preachers also. Did you know that America has 93% of the preachers of the world? Think about that for a minute. And they're preaching to 7% of the population of the world. Now, with all the preachers we have in America, we're still getting further and further behind in winning the laws. Someone wrote, if you line up all the unsaved people in the world in a single file, they would circle the globe 30 times, and the line grows 20 miles every day. Someone else said, there are nine times as many unsaved people in the world today as was the entire population of the world when Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, Go ye out into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Yet so many preachers, and not much done. Some 345,000 babies will be born in the next 24 hours. Think about that. Who will live, grow up, and die never hearing a clear presentation of the gospel. And so uh, by the, there will be a million lost people, if you think about that for just a minute, by next Wednesday night. Now, I believe Jesus loved and died for everyone, everybody. He came in this world, John 3.16, amen? But not every Christian is as close to Jesus as other Christians are. Not every preacher is close to Jesus as other preachers are. The largest crowds are out on the edge of the world. Every once in a while you hear and read of a Christian who means business with the Lord. But only a few people can say, as Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done, and mean it. There's a difference in the crowd. Someone asked Daniel Webster when he was a boy, Daniel, when you grow up, what do you want to be? Daniel said, I would like to be a lawyer. Daniel, don't you know the profession is overrun? And Daniel Webster replied, there's plenty of room at the top. Amen? Now, I think about that a great deal. Uh, I want to be a top Christian. Amen? And I'm not just uh, saying that to be saying something. There's true in Christians also. The clearer, uh, the closer you get to Jesus, the smaller the crowd's going to become. Because not many people want to sacrifice their time, their talent, and money for Jesus Christ. That takes personal sacrifice and surrender. And many preachers and pastors send out uh, resumes before they take pastors these days, and they won't come if everything is not just right. I had some deacons, for instance, come to me and uh, asked me about uh, they wanted to call a pastor to this large church in the area here. And uh, why they come to me, I don't know, but they come and sit down with me and they said, 
a pastor. We want to call a pastor to our church. Our pastor left. And uh, would you help us decide which one to call? I said, no, I won't. I said, I'll help you by Scripture know who to call. And they said, well, we got one resume we'd like for you to look at. He's a very prominent pastor, and he wants to come and pastor our church. And I read that resume, and here's the way it went. I will come on on these conditions. Number one, I will study the Word of God and preach, but I'm not going to the hospital. I don't make hospital calls, and I don't make sick calls, and I want $125,000 a year for my salary. I want a new car, and I'm on a new home. And he went on, insurance on his family and all this. And I said, don't call that guy. Guess who they called? That guy. Amen? Now, what I'm trying to say is, did you know what I figured out when God called me to preach? And this is true of every great preacher I've ever talked to. If you want to take a church, you never ask about how much you're going to get. or what. Why are you taking the church? I'm going there to reap souls for Christ. I'm not going there to get paid. And I mean this with all my soul. God has took care of me, and every preacher that's ever done that correctly, God has always taken care of them and their families. You don't have that to worry about. But what gets me is that people want to say, well, you take care of me first, Lord, and then I'll serve you. That's not the way it's done. The, the, the larger crowd out there wants to know they're not going to sacrifice, they're not going to give, they're not going to serve the Lord. You got this, I, I did a study on big churches and the growth of churches. Not just big churches, just growth of churches. Did you know that there's five people usually do most of the work in every church? Five people. Think about that. I'm talking about big churches, little churches, I don't care what. Uh, Dr. Curtis Hudson said he had one man in his church there in Georgia that brought 600 people that he could uh, uh, give credit to that man of going out and winning and bringing 600 people to his church. Think about that. What if that had been the whole church? Amen? And when I think about that all the time, many preachers and pastors and that say that I'm a man of God, a man wrote, Dr. Livingston, I'd like to join you. Is there any easy way to get where you are? David Livingston wrote back, I don't want a man to join me who's looking for an easy way. I want to join. I want someone to join me who will make his own way uh, that he has to get to me. Amen? And that's the truth. You know, I, I had, a, I had a, a young man come to this church several years ago and uh, he said, Pastor, give me your adult class and I'll teach them. I said, no, get out and build your own class. Amen? I don't need somebody to come in and take over and preach to the crowd that I got. What I need is somebody to come in and say, I'll build a class and I'll teach the class. And I'll get out and win souls to Christ. And, and uh, the nearer you get to Jesus, you'll find something. The smaller the crowd gets, now watch this. But the better the crowd gets. The largest crowd is always out on the edge of the world. Consider Jesus alone in Gethsemane. He started out with 12 disciples. Judas has gone out to betray him now. Now he has 11 disciples. But eight of them 
out on the edge of the garden. Three of them are out there a little closer. Jesus is in the garden alone. Some churches have hundreds on church roads, but it's always just a handful that does the work for the Lord. The eight disciples on the border always uh, away from the praying Savior. Think about this for just a minute. Now we read the three groups to you a minute ago, and I want you to watch something. The eight disciples on the border away from the praying Savior. The reason most Christians never have their prayers answered is because they're not close enough to Jesus in the first place. The closer you are to Him, the more you learn to depend on Him. Christians ought to get their prayers answered. And you ought to be able to ask for something and get it. The Bible says there's a difference in these three crowds in position and there's a difference in the size. The third difference is responsibility. I want you to look at verse 36 with me, please. In Matthew 26, verse 36, Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Set ye here while I go and pray yonder. Now, I want you to watch. This is very important. Jesus says the largest crowd just sit here. That's all he could say to them. Just sit here. He didn't ask them to pray. He knew their hearts. Now, the next crowd, Jesus said to Peter, James, and John, uh, I want you to watch and pray. So there's a difference in responsibility. Did you know if you're out here on the edge of the world as a Christian, God's not going to give you a responsibility. <coughs> He's not going to ask you to teach little boys and little girls or sing in the choir or do something for the Lord. If you're right out there on the edge of the world and the world can't tell the difference between you and the, and the people can't tell the difference between you and the lost world, He's not going to ask you to do something for Him. But the closer you get to the Lord, there's a difference in responsibility. The closer you get to the Lord, the greater the burden and vision. The closer you are to the more you want to accomplish for the Lord. A man had a servant who turned out to be very slow. He said, don't you do anything fast? Yes, sir, he replied. I get tired fast. <laughs> I had three, three guys down in my house, two, two guys down in my house, cleaning up my yard one day and then they were Mexicans and and I don't know how to speak Mexican. I know one word. Andale, andale. I have no idea what it means. <laughs> but I, I went out there to those guys and I said, Andale, andale. And they looked at stop and looked at me and they said, No andale. I found out later on what it meant. It meant hurry up. And they ain't hurrying up. <laughs> but it's so funny. A lot of Christians are like that. Now, I want to give you something. They just sit there, never give a dollar, never win a soul, never witness, never get excited, never get involved in any of God's work, and just coast along. That's the largest crowd, the eight. Jesus gave three more responsibilities. Watch this. Watch and pray. Let me ask you something. If you had a sickness... If you had somebody that uh, maybe was right on the verge of dying, you thought. Or maybe one of your family friends was sick. Maybe somebody was looking for a job. And you needed God to do something. Who would you go to? 
would you go to the worldly crowd or would you go to that crowd as you knew was close to the Lord? I know what the Bible says. Jesus asked the three to come and pray with me. That's great responsibility. Jesus gave the three more responsibility watch and pray. And if you want more responsibility, the Bible says you've got to get close to the Lord. And it will mean giving up things dear to us uh, to do God's will. Not my will, notice. Not what I want, but what God wants. Then every Christian needs to understand this. The closer you get to the Lord, the fewer the crowd will be. But, if you do anything for the Lord's people, did you know you'll get criticized? You're going to get criticized. But you know what I learned a long time ago? Who cares? I use the word all the time. Somebody comes up to me and starts in on me and, and says, well, you do certain things and they'll criticize, start criticizing something you do. And you know, I don't care what you say. I'm going to serve the Lord. Amen. And I mean it. Down in my heart, I'd rather serve the Lord and have you pat me on my back. But you know what a lot of preachers and a lot of deacons and a lot of just church members, they got to have, oh, I'm so glad you're here today. You made my day by being here today. And if you don't say that to some Christian, they won't come back. I mean, you got to make a big deal over them being here, amen, or they're not coming back. I got news for you. I'm going to church. You never tell me how good looking I am. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. But I mean it. I don't care. I'm going to serve the Lord. Now, I want you to get this. The fewer the crowd that's near to the Lord, the more you're going to get criticized. I never will forget several years ago in another church I was in, we had a country singer, a lady that sang country music. And I mean, she sang, man, she was good. She's good enough to be on the Grand Ole Opry, but she sang Christian music, and I'd love to hear her sing. She sang my kind of music. And then we had this other lady that sang opera. And I mean, she could sing, man, she had a beautiful voice. And I mean, boom, you know what I mean? And uh, the lady that sang country music, uh, she sang this one particular song that I liked that Sunday, and and on the way out, I was standing out there greeting people, and the church was piped out. And she came by me, and I said, Boy, I appreciate that song today. And the lady that sang opera, this type of song, come right behind her. I could have done a better job than that on that song. You know? Well, let me ask you something. Uh, the closer you get to the Lord, you're going to be criticized. So just say, I don't care. I'm going to serve the Lord in hand. Amen? Sometimes you'll find ourselves alone. Jesus is always there. He will never leave you. Amen. There's one thing I found about serving the Lord. If I go to the hospital, I'm not going by myself. I'm going with the Lord. If I go to make a sick call, I'm not going by myself. If I pray for somebody, I'm not praying alone. The Lord is with me. And I, I am so glad that I serve the Lord and I want to be close to it. There's three groups of believers that's taught in this chapter. Jesus alone in the garden, the three near Jesus, uh, then the eight, the eight just on the edge of the garden, or the world, and Judas outside the garden. That's the devil's crowd. Amen. 
But you always have those groups in any bunch of supposed believers in any congregation. You have unsaved people. You have saved people right on the edge of the world. You have another group that's closer to the Lord. But you always got Jesus in the midst. Amen. And I thank God for just being able to preach and be in church. And I don't want to criticize that people. I want to encourage everybody I can, get near the Lord. Stay prayed up. And stay, just have a forgiving heart. And stay close to the Lord. And the only way you can do that is stay close to the Lord. Read your Bible more. Pray more. Witness more. Do everything you can to serve the Lord more. And you'll be closer to the Lord. Amen. And you won't have that critical spirit all the time. And God will bless you. We're never alone. Let's pray. Father, would you bless this message today to our hearts. Lord, if you just call one out to be closer to you, think about it. Just three out of twelve that was closer to the Lord. But three did a great job for the Lord Jesus because they were willing to sacrifice whatever it took to get the job done for the Lord Jesus. Bless us, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. How you doing, old man? Good. How you doing? Well, I was all right, but I got over it. I thought you said you weren't working.